0: You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is sponsored by Clean Juice, a certified organic nutrition and wellness bar with more than 100 locations in development in 16 states. Learn more at cleanjuice.com.
1: Welcome to episode 38 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Jess Biondo. I'm Tia McNally. And I'm Michaela Hooper. This week, we are so excited to have our dear friend, Amanda Phelan. Mm -hmm. And she is an educator. And whoa, let me tell you, as a fellow educator, she inspired me all over again today. Oh, yeah. It may be summer break, but she made me want to just get back in there and change some lives. Yes. Man, the way that she talks about championing
2: students' hearts was something that even as a parent challenged me. So we're very excited for you guys to listen in on this interview. Like Jess said, this is a dear friend of ours. So it was a real joy and pleasure to get to let you hear a wonderful story from Amanda Phelan. Amanda, welcome to The Collected Podcast. Thank you. We are so glad to finally have you on the show. You have been at the top of our list since day one. Yay. (laughs) That's what I have
3: to say about that. Exactly. (laughs)
1: Yay.
2: But being that you live in Guatemala, it's made it a little bit difficult. So I'm so glad we could grab you in person while you're in the States. Yeah, it's really
4: good to be here.
2: Good. Hey, so I wanted to start with kind of how you came to understand your calling as a teacher. Like, when did you know that that was the work you were made to do?
4: Um, so this is a great question because I actually ran from it for a very long time. Did you? I did because I was afraid to take the praxis. Oh. And so in school, I went into college planning to double major in elementary ed and Spanish. And then I discovered this thing called the praxis. Mm-mm. And being that I was terrified to take tests, I was like, and I'm out. Oh, so mm-hmm. for seven years, I ran in the opposite direction of teaching. How did that go? Not really well. No. It didn't go well because everything that I was doing was leading me back to teaching. Mm-hmm. So I was doing, I was in the teaching field without professionally being in the teaching field. So. I was an after-school coordinator. I became a nanny. Then I was a pre-K teacher. And finally, my dad sat me down and was like, Amanda, you need to go into teaching. This is what you are supposed to do. And I was like, I don't know that I can do that. Oh, wow. Because the test, the test was, I mm-hmm. was living in fear Wow! from the test. And so um, I got into CMS as a pre-K assistant and... Which is Charlotte-Mecklenburg Schools. Yes, which is Charlotte-Mecklenburg Schools. And I needed to get my foot in the door. Um, And so I applied to go back to school, to UNC Charlotte. And um, it was actually kind of crazy because I was in Boston visiting a friend. I applied, I think, on a Monday. And I found out on a Friday that I had gotten accepted to go back Mm -hmm. to school to get my um graduate certificate in teaching. And so then I was like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. My goodness. Um and and so then I just continued moving forward. I started taking graduate level courses, which I also thought I would never do. Wow. Um and I took the Praxis in November of 2011 and I passed with flying colors. Of course you did which was also insane and kind of shocking. Um, and looking back at that time, I contributed to the fact that I had amazing people, professors speaking life into me. Really? And just even calling out what was already there. And that's even what one of my um, professors, Tia Starker-Glass, shared with me. Is Another she was like, Tia? Yes. Mm-hmm. She was like, Amanda, I'm calling out something that's already in you. It's not anything... That's new. And it's this is not a surprise to me that you're doing so well. Mm-hmm. This is what you were born to do. Wow. Yeah. Man. So um, I actually finished that program with fine colors and continued on to get my master's, which had I looked back at that at the beginning of this, I would have never thought I would be or I'd have master's in my credentials.
2: Yeah. It seems like since that time, the Lord must have grown some confidence in you. Because yes. when you
4: finished that, where did you start working? So when I finished my master's, or even while doing my master's, I, um, I was teaching at Hickory Grove Elementary School in second grade, mm-hmm. which next year will be my seventh year in second grade. So I always joke that I can't graduate from grade <laughs> two. Um, and I love it. It's a, it's a perfect age. Um, And I had administrators who really believed in me as well. And my cooperating teacher was like, Amanda, people go to school, but they can't learn what you have. Mm -hmm. Like you were born with something like this. And so every day I went to school and I discovered that it was, it's much greater than just teaching a curriculum. Um, And so then I just started finding my purpose in building relationships with kids. I remember this one time I was sitting on my porch like nine years ago, and I looked up at the sky, and I thought to myself, gosh, I want to change the world. And I laughed, and I was like, Lord, that's really big. Like, <laughs> how am I going to do that? Like, I don't know how to do that. And slowly, like going back to school and teaching, the Lord was like, Amanda, you're going to do it one kid at a time. Wow. Because if you can impact one child, you ultimately impact one family. hmm and you have 18 to 22 children in your class every single year for 180 days, which means that that's 18 to 22 families that you impact every single school year. And if you can impact a family, you can impact a community. And if you can impact a community, you can impact a city. Amen. If you can impact a city, you can impact a state, which then ultimately the ripple effect is far greater than you could ever imagine. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is so good. I, as you were talking, I was thinking you know,
3: do you think that, do you believe that that affirms your purpose? Like when you have people around you or that are saying like, this is what you were born to do. Like, um, and even in yourself, do you feel like that, that affirmed that in you, it clearly took time, but do you feel like there was a a shifting point or like a tilting point where you were like, okay, like, what was that point for you when you were like, I know that I know that I know this is my purpose.
4: Um, I still feel like that's evolving. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that I'm a words of affirmation person. Mm -hmm. So the more words I hear, the more I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm living the life like (laughs) I'm supposed to live. Um, and so it, it serves me really well. Like when people are speaking over me and being like, yes, this is what you're supposed to do because, um, I'm also an Enneagram six. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of self doubt Mm -hmm. and having speak, people speak into me. Um, is huge, but I think that my I transferred schools after my second year of teaching to a really rough school, and my principal always said to me, Amanda, these kids need a teacher like you, mm-hmm. and I became a little bit bitter hearing that because I was like, I don't even know what that means, and do you even know what I'm stepping into? Like this, this classroom is hard; these mm-hmm. kids are hard, and. I entered the third year with a little bit of trepidation, and I just really prayed that the Lord would, would shine bright, and I think it was that year that I was like, this is what I was supposed to do.
0: Mm-hmm. I
4: was supposed to walk into this classroom and love on these kids in a way that they've never been loved on before, yeah. and that was going to make all the difference.
2: Mm.
4: How did you, when you were working in that like, really underserved
2: school, And in that community, how did you go beyond the classroom to serve those kids?
4: Don't be shy. So um, sometimes I have a little bit of trouble with boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And knowing when to leave teaching in in the classroom. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually not that kind of teacher anyway. I teach far beyond the classroom. Um, I was serving children with um, like homelessness and they didn't have food and they didn't have clothes and they didn't have things like that and so and they didn't even have books at home yeah. like we encourage reading at home and these kids had no resources to um what's the word I'm thinking of to access mm-hmm. yeah and so you know my church rallied rallied around me and we did a book drive one year for christmas and we you know gave each each group of kids like seven or eight books to take home nice. that were their own books. Wow. And had a family donate uniforms for my kids. I was picking children up where no matter where they lived in whatever apartment building so they could come to school and buying them food. and looking at the whole the whole child, because I believe that if you can't have access to a child's heart when they walk into your classroom, they're not going to learn from you. Wow! And so from day one, my goal is to reach every single student on an individual, authentic level. That's so good. And I will say that that has transformed my teaching. Wow. And how has it transformed you? Um, goodness. I, it makes me think of the Father's love, mm. that every day that I wake up, my, my Heavenly Father is saying, I choose you. Mm-hmm. I choose you to invest in. I choose you to love. I choose you to champion. Mm. I choose you because you are such a delight to me. Mm. And I think beautiful. that when we look at kids that way, or adults, other adults, um, it, change, it changes changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like to. Um, there's a lady. Her name is Rita Pearson, and she did a TED talk on education and. Mm-hmm. She has a quote that says, every child needs a champion, an mm-hmm. adult who will believe on them and who will go after everything they can to make them believe and make them want to be the best that they can be. Wow. And I think about that. And I also think about how every adult needs a champion too, mm-hmm. right? So true. I value community in such a, a deep, deep way that... Um. My goal in life is to champion every single person that's around me, Mm -hmm. to make them believe that they can be the best that they can be.
3: Wow. That's amazing, Amanda. How has it been for you transitioning from being in the States and working in the schools that you were in and then transitioning to Guatemala and being in the school that you're in and applying that same... um, principle or that same like passion and heart? like How have you done that as you've transitioned?
4: Um, so moving to Guatemala was quite an adventure. It was definitely not on my radar. I did not set out to teach in, in, internationally whatsoever, and it happened so fast, kind of like my acceptance into my graduate certificate program. <laughs> and what I'm finding is that the Lord moves very swiftly with me. Because Mm -hmm. I am an (laughs) overanalyzer. And I will question everything to the nth degree. And so when the Lord moves and He moves fast, I know it's Him. He makes it pretty clear. He makes it very clear. And um, He opens every door. Wow. Every door is always open when I know that I'm supposed to take that path. And so this Guatemala thing kind of fell in my lap. And it wasn't at all what I was expecting. Um, And having a little bit of Spanish was was helpful. And I really had no idea what I was walking into. <laughs> um, but I remember like being interviewed and the interviewers were asking me, like, what, like, what are you going to do with kids of privilege? Wow. Because you have experience with underprivileged children. What are you going to do with kids of privilege? What a shift. <laughs> what a shift is right. Yeah. But what I really felt like the Lord was saying to me was, the need is the exact same. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, this, but the outside ways that they express themselves are different. Interesting. And so that's how I came back to my interviewers, is that no matter what child you in, engage with, everybody has the same need. Mm-hmm. We need to be nurtured, we need to be loved, and we need to have somebody who's always showing up for us. Yeah. You can have the richest of the rich, you can have the poorest of the poor, and all of us still have those same core needs. Mm -hmm. So true. And so when I went with that, I actually really wrestled with, um, my heart is for the least of these. Mm -hmm. And I really wrestled with the idea that I was going to a school where that was not going to be the case. Yeah, And I felt like the Lord um, told me one night when I was just really reflecting, I was wrestling on this decision, and I felt like the Lord just said to me, Amanda, this has all been in preparation for where you're going. You have been working with the least of these, and now you are going to work with children whose families have the ability to impact the lives of millions of people Mm -hmm. in this country. And you will carry the awareness of the least of these, and they will never forget.
1: We are so excited to continue to be sponsored by Clean Juice. Yes, we're grateful for their confidence in Collected and in this podcast.
2: And Clean Juice really is such a great way to grab something quick and healthy and nourishing when you're on the gro- on the go. I love to order through the app because I also get rewards.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. tell me about the rewards. Well,
2: let's see. Just recently, I got a $5 reward. And in fact, when you download the app and use it for the first time, you automatically get a $5 reward the first time you order.
3: Well, that's such a great deal. It really is. And it's super convenient. It is. So if you're on the go, which a lot of us are, yep. and you just need to order a quick drink, pick it up as fast as you can, Yep. Um, they are ready, it's efficient, and um, yep. they're, they're just, they amaze me. Mm-hmm. Like they're constantly coming up with new ideas and yeah. fresh things. Um, for people to enjoy, so and when you order in the app, it's just ready to go as soon as you walk in the door. Mm-hmm. So go out and grab yourself a clean juice.
1: Download the
2: app, find a clean juice near you. So here's something that I've been wondering: if as you've as you've journeyed with the Lord, as you have, you know, kind of grown in your confidence in hearing from Him, um, surely there have been struggles along the way. What What is something that you've really had to wrestle with and struggle through
4: that you can look back on now and see that it was worth it? So I will speak to a, a present struggle Okay, um, that I'm continuing to see the Lord move in, even though it's a little harder at times, but yeah. um, being single at 36. Oh, man. I will say has been an incredibly hard struggle. Um, it's something that, The Lord has challenged me because I am a celebrator, Mm -hmm. and so being authentic and genuine in my celebration of other people who are getting to walk this life path Mm -hmm. that I so deeply desire, but I was just thinking um, yesterday, as a matter of fact, that the dreams that I had for myself at 24, because, I mean, that was my optimal age of marriage, (laughs) had my entire (laughs) wedding planned and... Designed and everything. Because I was going to get married at 24 and have, well, I wanted 11 children so I could have my own basketball team. Nice. We were going to be called the (laughs) Phelanators. That's amazing. Which is so true. And so, but going to that, like having dreams at 24 are phenomenal dreams, right? But here I am at 36, unmarried, living in Guatemala City, serving a population that I never imagined that I would serve. And I felt like the Lord said to me, the dreams you had at 24 were awesome, but the dreams you have at 36 far surmount Mm. any dream you could have ever had for yourself then. Wow. Mm. I never saw myself getting a master's in education, ever. I never saw myself going back to school. I was such a horrible student, (laughs) (laughs) but I was able to dream that for myself. And now I'm able, I feel like I'm able to sit outside the box a little more Yeah. And um, recognize that the struggle has brought an ability to dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you said that you that you
2: used to struggle with self doubt. So mm-hmm. here's a challenging question for you. Okay. <laughs> What's something you really love about yourself that you feel really confident in and and secure in that you love?
4: I love people really well. You sure do. Mm-hmm. I'll in, say in that. In fact, Tia. You like to say that I love hard. You do. You mm-hmm. kind of break me when you hug I me do. sometimes. Um, <laughs> I really love people. Yeah. I love hearing stories. I I love time and getting to know people authentically. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, my story has given me an opportunity to realize that everybody has a story and everybody carries something so deep. And if we're willing to sit and listen to other people's stories, that's a way that we can love other people well. Yeah. And so I think that that's one of my most awesome giftings, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. Is that I
2: really love people hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that mm-hmm. doesn't come easily to everyone. Mm-mm. That it is a gift. That's like an anointing and a grace that's on you. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest and say sometimes people are the hardest thing in my world. Mm hmm. You know, I mean, and I think that it takes it takes all of us, you know, to create unity in the body. But I learn from people like you how to love mm-hmm. well and how to honor,
3: you know, and how to just champion people like mm-hmm. you're describing. How have you combated self-doubt? Like what are th- good question. things that you have done in your process?
4: I have, um, I've had to reflect on the Lord's goodness and just the way that He, like actually declaring things over my life yeah. mm-hmm. instead of sitting in the self-doubt. I think mm-hmm. that oftentimes we have times in life when it's easier just to sit in the doubt, but a way to combat that is to declare the truth over yourself of who the Lord has said that you are. That's good. Yeah
2: yeah Amen. so you you actively use like declaration as as a part of your spiritual disciplines, I guess? Yes,
4: That's because awesome. I am such a words of affirmation person, huh. I have to choose to declare those things, yeah, and oftentimes when I find myself going down that slope of things are hard, am I really called to do this? I have to counter that and say, amanda, you're you were created for greatness. This is what you're walking in. You're an amazing educator. You love people well. You can cross cultural barriers and reach people far beyond where you ever thought that you would go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the Lord working in you, not you yourself.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That awareness of um, not actually being able to accomplish His purposes by our own power is so key. I think to being able to to walk in in the truth of who we are, mm-hmm. right, if we think that it's us doing the work, mm-hmm. we're without a doubt going to end up off track, absolutely, but yeah, you
4: do, you carry that that awareness of of knowing it's it's the Lord working through you, right, and I think it's so important to surround yourself with a tribe of people, and mm-hmm. especially as a woman, surrounding yourself with other strong women Mm -hmm. we need each other i think that as i've like gotten into my 30s as if i'm just like moseying into them like i've gotten into them i've like you know tried them on and getting comfortable and getting comfortable um i just realize every single day that life is supposed to be lived together Mm -hmm. and the more willing that you are to be vulnerable with other people you're giving them the freedom to do the same so Mm -hmm. true and so I have to challenge myself in these new relationships that I'm building in Guatemala City, mm-hmm. because I realize how important a tribe is to me. Mm-hmm. I have to remind myself, Amanda, you might have to be the first person who's incredibly vulnerable. Yeah. Like yeah. You might have to be that catalyst of the shift of relationship. That's yeah. so generous. Yep. And it's generous, and yeah. it's so hard, yeah. because you like put something out there, and then- you kind of want them to reciprocate that same vulnerability and it doesn't always happen. Yeah, And you go home and me, I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. But then the Lord is like, Amanda, if you want a vulnerable relationship, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Say that one more time, because that was good. If you want a vulnerable relationship, you have to be willing to be
3: vulnerable. That is mm-hmm. so true. Yeah. I have loved watching your process because we're friends and I've been able to be a part of it for some years now. And one thing that I have um, been so proud of you in, and also I've seen the challenge is you giving your yes, and then watching you walk out what you've just said yes to. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for you to share some things that have been um, have surprised you, like doors that have opened or things that have surprised you as you've given your yes to something and watched God um, unfold these, open these doors before you?
4: Yeah. So one thing that specifically comes to mind was giving my yes to sh- um, change schools mm-hmm. um, after my second year of teaching, actually like in the middle of my second year of teaching to finish out the school year at another school. And I remember kind of giving the Lord an ultimatum and just saying like, okay, well, it's a yes from me, and I'll know it's a yes from you if. (laughs) And sure enough, like I got a phone call that afternoon saying that I had been offered the job. But something about that prior to that was I was driving down the road to the mountains, and I was really processing whether or not I need to make this yes, because the Lord had put this offer in front of me. A friend called me out of the blue. And he put this offer in front of me and I was just like, Lord, I need to make the right decision. And how am I gonna know it's the right decision? And the Lord was like, just do it. And just I just do it. <laughs> what? Are you sure it's that easy? And the Lord was like, Amanda, I give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I put the desire in your heart for you to go to this school. I'm giving you this opportunity. And so I always laugh because I'm like, of course. I was like, okay, Lord, yes, it's a yes from me, and I'll know it's a yes from you if <laughs> I find myself doing that. But every time the Lord is like, okay, here's your if, here's mm-hmm. your if. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember when
2: um, when you first mentioned to me that you thought maybe the Lord was calling you overseas, and you seriously had a job like two weeks later. I
4: did. Mm-hmm. You you like you said, okay, Lord, and then He was like, great, here mm-hmm. we go. Yes, you actually, I actually um, met with you for coffee the next morning after. So the Lord speaks to me in themes. Mm-hmm, me too. And this had started at, in the fall of that year. And it was like, why don't you think about teaching overseas? I'm like, no way. I'm not leaving Charlotte. I will not do it. This is where my people are. I'm not doing it. And then over and over, Amanda, why don't you think about teaching overseas? You should teach internationally. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. That's Not cute, doing Lord. that, yeah. It's like, okay, you know, and then finally, January 1st, I sat with a friend in my apartment and she was like, Amanda, you really need to think about teaching internationally. And I went to bed that night and my head was spinning. I had already planned how to sell my furniture, I was like, you know, preparing for what I didn't even know was coming, mm-hmm. and I was actually very, very anxious, and I remember just saying, Lord, if this is something that I'm supposed to think about, okay, but you need to know I'm really afraid, Mm, and I I went right to sleep, Wow, right to sleep, and then the next morning, I meet with you for coffee, and you're like, how are you doing, and I'm like, I don't know, Um, I kind of feel like the Lord might be calling me overseas, and you go, that's fantastic, I definitely see that, (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, okay. And that entire day, it was affirmation after affirmation. Yes, Amanda, I totally see you doing that. I see you moving over there. And I applied to this like kind of headhunter thing for international teaching mm-hmm. and I heard back that same week. Had an, two interviews the following week and I had a job offer the week after. So the entire process was about two and a half weeks. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting too, to me. So we've got this theme of of other people in our lives affirming our purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, And isn't it interesting the way that Holy Spirit works? Because you were telling people who would really rather not see you run off to another country and not be (laughs) in their daily lives, Mm -hmm. right? Like me and like Michaela and so many people in your church body. And yet, our peace, our intuition was, yes, you should do that. As hard as that is for your friends and your family to say, yes, go, that was the peace the Holy Spirit gave us. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's important that we
3: trust those affirmations mm-hmm. on right. our purpose right. when they come. And part of your peace came, I think, with acknowledging, I'm afraid. These are, these are the pieces. You're affirming it through the people around me. You're already giving me A, B, and C to confirm, mm-hmm. but I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. And I believe that shift came when you acknowledged that piece, that root that could have actually really held you or kept you from going mm-hmm. and, and giving your full yes. So that's powerful to me. It is. That when we acknowledge that, like you did, the shift the shift comes in ways we would never expect or imagine.
2: And what I see is you got honest with the Lord. Mm-hmm. that's That's the key. He already knows you're afraid, right? Right? Like when we're honest with the Lord about how we're feeling and what we're thinking, it's not news to him, but just like in any relationship, when you communicate that and you are honest and vulnerable before the Lord really is what mm-hmm. that is, that grows a, a depth of trust. In the relationship
4: right and something I like to just you know remind myself of is like Amanda do it afraid yeah do it afraid yeah. the Lord's going to meet you just do it afraid yeah that's and courage. so I feel like that's what this season has been yeah. it's just me me literally doing it afraid
2: wow incredible man Amanda thank you so much for sharing your story with us yeah thanks for having me you bet so
3: awesome so listeners do it afraid I loved that vulnerability was woven all throughout Amanda's story. Yeah. And process, totally. Whether it was vulnerability from her
1: mm-hmm.
3: or needing it from somebody else, but I know she I know she wouldn't say, "Oh, I've mastered it," but I feel like she has gotten a um a grip on or handle on what it looks like to be vulnerable with the people around her. And that clearly pours into her kids. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And Without it's so
2: interesting to me too, because you heard her say she's in Enneagram six. And so mm-hmm. I feel like fear is the biggest combatant of vulnerability. And so for her to have mastered her fear of, of letting herself be seen
3: mm-hmm.
2: is a real accomplishment. That is, um, very challenging to me. I do really feel like vulnerability is an act of generosity Mm -hmm. that we can actually give of ourselves in that way. But sometimes we
3: don't because we're
2: simply afraid.
4: Mm
3: -hmm. Well, and like seven years of her going, kind of circling around the very thing that she knew she needed to do, that was a process. Like for some of us, it takes Twenty yeah. or seven or two or three, but there was a process that it took mm-hmm. for her to fully like recognize. Okay, this is the thing that I'm afraid of. Now I'm gonna do it afraid. Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved that. Do it afraid. Something else that I I appreciate
2: about um, Amanda is that she's put together the fact that when God speaks to her and gives her a command, He makes things happen very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think we should all recognize the fact that the Lord has a specific, personal way of communicating with each of us. Mm-hmm. That it might not look the same as it does for Amanda, but that He does very purposefully kind of hone in our communication technique, and He knows us so intimately that He can He can let us know what He wants us to do in a very in a special way that's very specific to us as individuals, yeah. as his, his personal masterpieces.
1: Yeah. What I loved about Amanda's talk. Um, was this idea that she realized that it was about impacting one child, and then that child child's family, and then the community, and this ripple effect. And I think that's so applicable to any job you're doing. Of whoever's in front of you just pouring out the love of Jesus on them, you don't know how that's going to change their life Mm -hmm. or how that's going to impact their family and their community and the way it just ripples throughout the world. That's so good. And also the power of our voices to speak into the lives of others. Amanda shared so many people who affirmed the calling that God had placed on her life. Mm -hmm. And I think as believers, it's our job to do that for one another. Like if you see something in somebody, call it out. Absolutely. Because that may be God's voice speaking through you. You know, you don't know how that's going to influence them. But so often, you know, we don't want to feel stupid or... You think like, oh, this is probably not from the Lord. But what have you got to lose? If you feel yeah. like there's something you're supposed to speak into someone's life, do it and don't yeah. wait. Absolutely. And if you were wrong, oh well, you encouraged them anyway. You know, yeah. it was still like a good thought. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and then they can process through it as they need to. Yeah. But I think we're we're called to do that for one another.
2: For sure. Yeah. We need each other. That mm-hmm. was another another thing that Amanda said that she's just realized over the years that, that the body is meant to work together in unity and to serve one another. And so, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Beautiful. And there's great freedom in that for Independence Day. Happy Independence Day. That's yeah. right.
3: <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah, it's so good.
1: So walk in your freedom today in yeah. the Lord and we'll just take see. a moment to thank Him for the freedoms we have in our country. Oh,
4: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's really good. Cool. We'll see you in, uh, next week, folks, back here on Thursday. Don't forget to subscribe. rate. Right? review, and find us on Patreon.
0: Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. Find The Collected Podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive contests, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNally Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry, and Michaela at The Creative Space NC. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. Support for The Collected Podcast is provided by Clean Juice. Learn more at cleanjuice.com and be sure to check out their lifestyle arm at wellhappyandkind.com. Podcast recorded by Jacob Early. Music by Asaf Alon.